There's an eighth digit, Dustin? Oh my god. Welcome to episode 7 of Podigis, your weekly critically nostalgic analytical tour through the Digimon multiverse. I'm Jeff Ruberg, and I'm joined by Ashley McDonald. Yo. And Astra Softman. Hi. This week we're covering the hunt for the eighth child, so here's a quick recap. We pick up directly after the kids find themselves back at summer camp. In episode 29, Return to Heightened View Terrace, the kids con their camp counselor into abandoning them in the middle of Tokyo so they can reenact a terrorist bombing by blowing up an elephant. The kids act like they have been using guardian forces, but eventually remember they all saw a movie with a dinosaur and a giant parrot. In episode 30, Almost Home Free, the kids spend an entire episode telling the Digimon to shut up while failing horribly at public transit until they give up and ride a narwhalrus. In episode 31, The Eighth Digivice, the show becomes homeward bound as the eighth child is revealed to be Kari's cat, Miko. Jedi sends Izzy really bad chain emails, and Izzy almost runs into Miko, giving him a clue about the eighth child. In episode 32, Gatomon comes calling. The kids meet in a park to plan how to further isolate Joe from the group. Gatomon and Kari become TV viewers' favorite will-they-or-won't-they couple, while Sora and Mimi look for air conditioning and instead find a hot guy. In episode 33, out in the town, Matt and TK explore Shibuya looking for Patamon, who ran away after he and TK divorced again. They met a pumpkin and a pile of rocks who really loved to partay until they refuse to kill the kids and are sent to a dungeon, quote-unquote. Fangirls choose their loyalty between Team Garuru and Team Myotis, and Angemon returns. In episode 34, the eighth child revealed, Gatomon and Wizardmon reveal their backstory, and the extremely blatant is made extremely explicit. After an unsuccessful grave-robbing attempt, Gatomon is captured by Myotismon, and Wizardmon is thrown in a river. They're in the real world. They are. Searching for the eighth child, who's totally not Kari. Not Kari. Totally. <laughs> she's not in the opening or anything, eventually, at some point in these episodes. That's ha- that's ha- that's halfway through this arc. I saw her in the ending. I still haven't seen her in the opening, but I didn't watch the opening for most of it. Because Netflix skips through it. I didn't watch the yeah. ending. I right, saw whatever. her in the ending. I don't pay attention to the ending. Well, Netflix wasn't skipping it for me. <laughs> I'm going to get into this later in my talking about the regions of Tokyo, but the way they're searching for the child is so haphazard. Like, I don't know. I guess it's interesting that the, uh, to see Myotismon's minions have more... Like, they're more gathered and collected and have an actual plan in terms of finding her, whereas the kids are just, like, wandering around. They have phone book, address books, for kids. Yes, I, yeah. (laughs) There's no, explain explain to me how they use the phone book. Joe called every kid in the phone book, it's the, the class phone book. To see if they lived in to see if they lived in Heightened View Terrace at that time. No, so it's it's all <laughs> the phone books of all the kids. It's all the kids' phone books from Heightened View Terrace. Sorry, it's their class phone books from the years that they were living in Heightened View Terrace. I don't think so. It is because that's why Ty is like I can't find my old stuff. People keep their phone books that long. I did. Wow. Jeff probably still has his phone book. Really not with me. Not in California. <laughs> I might have one of them somewhere. So I hadn't considered the alternative, and I think maybe that is right. That they, they um, it's their current, it's their phone books for their current school. Well, actually, I was just thinking maybe I was wrong, and maybe because they didn't all go to the same elementary school when they lived at Heightened View Terrace, did they? No. Point is that Ty and Sora. Only Sora and Ty, yeah. No, Matt did too. Matt Matt went to that elementary school too. But I don't think he was in their class or they, they'd know his name. Why did they make a big deal? Okay, whatever. <laughs> Why did they make a deal, big deal out of what? About Ty not having his... Why would they need Matt's? Is it only literally, like, class? I don't know how it works in Japan. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> 
so there was in the Japanese, I thought they made it pretty explicit that, so I rewatched different parts of not the whole thing, not in every episode in Japanese, but I rewatched certain parts. And when they all meet in the park, Izzy's strategy, Koshiro strategy is to call everyone in the phone book, which I assumed was the phone books from their classes, their elementary school classes, and ask if any of those kids who possibly asked them if they lived in Highview Terrace or, and if they were in that region of town that night that Izzy was in, where he spotted the Digivice, mm. um, which they, that makes, that makes sense. They mostly cut out of the English and just said that I don't really understand what the, what they're supposed to be saying, what Joe was supposed to be asking them in English, but they do mention in one of the, in the recap of the episode, so the episode after they meet in the park, Tai does the recap and he says something about like, he mentions the region of Japan or the region of Tokyo. So I don't know. I was all confused by what they were actually doing with the phone books because <laughs> I, I went back and forth between two versions trying to clarify things and then just got more confused. I what you're like, their plan is so crappy, but what do you think their plan should have been otherwise? Like they had no other starting point. I guess. Yeah. And not, yeah, not blaming. Okay. I'm blaming the dub, the English dub for making it really confusing. Whereas I think the Japanese, it was pretty clear that it was like, we're going to get these phone books from when we were in elementary school. And we're going to ask any of them if they were in this region of town this one night. And I think that's the perfect way to narrow it down. And that makes sense that none of them would have, like none, none of the kids who lived around Titan Terrace at the time would have been in that region of town. Like that's plausible. Whereas in the dub, they say that, I think Joe says that none of the kids in the phone books lived in Hyde Terrace, which is like, really? Out of out that, that many names? No, no. I think he said none of them moved from Heighton View Terrace. So I guess it could still be related to were you in this part of town, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I just considered it much more a mess because I went back and forth between two versions and then couldn't keep my story straight. Well, it also didn't make any sense in the dub. I only watched the dub this time. <laughs> I just made it make sense in the dub. I was like, cool, you're going to ask if they are there. Yeah, basically. I just kind of but assumed I mean, like, that, that that's was the thing, like, happening. What, but that's like, what does... Asking if they were there does not mean they're the eighth child, right? Like, no, but it narrows it down. I guess what's, I mean, but I guess what I'm also like asking if they were there, they were calling people's names who all lived in that area. Like, most of them should have been there, you know? Wait, what are you talking what are you, about? So, did you want him to ask, did you want him to ask, like, did you see a giant parrot fighting in a giant dinosaur? Well, maybe that would work. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, in the Japanese, it made perfect sense that Izzy, saw, Izzy noticed a Digivice in a region of town at a particular time, and then Joe could ask the kids, everyone who called, if they were in that region of t- if they were in that region at that time. You know, like that that perfectly narrows it down, and it just. I don't know. Did Joe ask that? Did Joe ask if they saw parrots and dinosaurs? No, because you'd sound like a crazy person. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I get. I don't. I just find this whole thing confusing at this point. And and I guess my main point was that I think it's cool that the the bad guys are more collected. They have a strategy. They have resources. Yeah. Well, they have the crest. <laughs> Their strategy is not great though, because almost every time we saw them, they were around adults and not kids. <laughs> Huh. Actually, except for Wizardmon too. Wizardmon was handing out oh, yeah, to little yeah. kids. So basically, Gatamon and Wizardmon are the only ones that actually understand anything. I guess I also took issue with how they cloned the crests or made the copies. Like, I found I guess, that interesting. I, I, they could have had like a throwaway line, like I got Datamon to make me copies or something, but no. Dude, how did they? What you think, Digimon? You think Digimon can't work with computers? Is it a computer? Is a crest just a computer? It's just data. Well, they don't seem to. They don't understand uh, subways and things. They don't understand what a train is. <laughs> they don't have subways, but they do have. They have Trailmon. Uh, they, they have, have Trailmon. They have trains. They do have Trailmon. 
they don't have Trailmon yet. <laughs> like, he's not, uh, I don't know if he was in this generation, yeah. But also, like, I don't think the Trailmon have a subway map thing. Yeah. I think you just get on a Trailmon and see where it's going. What were my Udusman's goals in this? I guess his goals are just to get the eighth child. Yes. Yeah. Pretty clear goal. I guess we'll see later. Should we preserve discussion until the next arc to see what his goals are after that or beyond that? Yes. There's, yeah, there's a prophecy. Mm. Again. Prophecies always. This one's a cooler prophecy. It has a bunch of random stuff in it that. I remember really liking it as a kid. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool as a kid. Now it's just like, wow, went a little overboard there. <laughs> Don't spoil it. All right. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, not not like surprise spoil, but like make it bad. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great prophecy. You should all aspire to be like this prophecy. I have a favorite episode. What's your favorite episode? The surprisingly the one with Gachuman. Sorry, <laughs> the one with Gachuman. <laughs> surprisingly, the one with Pumpkinmon and Gotsuman. Yeah. I did not. I did not expect to like that. And after watching it, I don't remember liking it that much either. Like. But then looking back and like thinking about what happened and what I liked of each episode, I was like, this one actually had the most stuff that I really liked about it. Such as? So I, all, my notes are just littered with the word interesting. Wow. Because, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because you have a limited vocabulary. I guess it's just because much of Digimon just, you know, makes me think about things. It doesn't give me answers. And that's what interesting describes to me. That it's raises questions instead of answering them. Anyway. You should think of the answer, though. <laughs> so I liked the the arc of Pumpkinmon and Gatsumon's relationship with Matt and, Ta- and with TK and Matt. In that they start off being annoying. They end up kind of like, I guess they never actually enjoy their presence. It just goes right from finding them annoying to them about to kill them, to them defending them, to them dying. And I really like the the shots of them, of the storefronts after they're dead and the regret that TK and Matt feel. Even though he wasn't a character, they were like, oh my God, he's the best. Or they were the, like, they didn't like them while they were alive. Yeah. And they still learned to regret them. They weren't bad is the thing. Like they were naughty, but they weren't bad. And they tried to, they had their hearts in the right place. I didn't even get the impression that that the that they wrote them off initially because they were bad. I think I got the impression they just wrote them off because they were annoying or yeah. like silly. And yeah. I liked that idea that once they're gone, they come to appreciate that silliness and realize how much I guess like how empty their hearts were without it. Kind of <laughs> not not like they were that tightly bounded, but like yeah, that idea generalizes to other things, things you I don't mean, appreciate just, until they're gone. It really does show how ruthless Myotismon is. Well, he just sent them to a dungeon. I, mm. Oh, the dub. They even I didn't realize how blatant they make in the dub, where like Matt at the end is like, "Who knows if we'll see them again?" And it's like, <laughs> dude, they no. Well, I mean, I guess that's okay. Never mind. I was gonna say, well, it's adventure, so they will come back again. But then I realized, no, they died in the real world, so they won't. So I guess they are actually dead. I'm still not sure about that. Well, I mean, there aren't that many. There aren't that many deaths in the real world, right? I think there's. That I can think of only the four, these two, Wizardmon and Myotismon. How dare you say Wizardmon is going to die? <laughs> he died in this episode. He fell in the water. You're supposed to think No. He's dead. <laughs> no. You're supposed to, we're sp- <laughs> Ashley, he's dead. We're supposed to think he's dead. I loved I loved Gatomon's No, not that. <laughs> I considering making that ridiculous dialogue thing, but it's like it's not funny in context. It's just like, yeah. no, not that. There was a lot of things <laughs> I found funny, but I was like, out of context, this would just be weird. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of visual things I found funny. Yeah. There were a lot of intonation things. Yeah. yeah. That made the lines be like, you, you didn't 
didn't say what you think you said <laughs> because of the way you said it. <laughs> so back to um, that episode out in the town. I also remember really liking the fight with Myotismon and Wergurumon and Angemon. Yeah, that was cool. I didn't find it. I remember thinking the Angemon part was the highlight as a kid, and that Angemon part was like not almost non-existent. <laughs> they have like one exchange, and then Myotismon runs away. Yeah, it's still really cool though. It is really cool. Like there aren't that many actually interesting fights in adventure, mm-hmm. especially that we've gotten to so far. Usually, it's just like they do their signature attack. It either doesn't work or it does work, and that's the right. end of the battle. But this one, like, where Gururumon's animation is always really cool. I think, I wonder if the budget for this episode was higher in general. I feel like it was. Like, I noticed even really minor things, like, when Mayurismon appears on the streets of Shibuya, um, there's, like, I guess, like, a fog that appears around him. And, like, the fog is animated really fluidly. Um, and it's, like, a pretty simple thing to animate, but, like, I don't remember anything else in the show being animated that fluently, that, that fluidly outside of the episode, special, especially animated episode. I don't remember noticing that big of a difference. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think, I don't know if there was like, you know, like the difference between every other episode and Home Away From Home is a huge difference. You kind of, you can't not notice it. I feel like maybe this was just, they were able to try some more ambitious things that normally they are just not able to do. But like, it wasn't, it wasn't a drastic shift in quality. It was just, I don't know. It was just like they spent a little more time on it. Yeah. Uh, and there were, I, I did read about how in Japan, the episode originally aired on October 24th. So it was like, especially primed to be the pre-Halloween episode, um, which mm. makes sense given that there's a pumpkin and a pile of rocks and a vampire and a werewolf and an angel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... I don't know. I guess they there was actually a line about Halloween in the dub. Like, are you you're dressed up for Halloween? You're late, and I was like, late, really? But this aired before. But anyway, in in, in the dub, it aired in January, so it actually made more sense. Even uh, though it still doesn't make much sense because it's supposed to take place in August, so it'd still be early, not late for Halloween. But well, it could be really late. Yeah, yeah, really, really, really late. <laughs> yeah, like ten months late. Yeah. Yeah. Have you never been that late doing something? <laughs> I have. Uh, don't don't ask me about email. Um, <laughs> And I guess the arc with TK, I don't know if the arc with TK and Padma was interesting, but I liked that no. they, they flesh out their relationship in that they, they're like really good friends and they still have fights and they are really immature about it. <laughs> so immature. I thought this was a good brother episode. I think this was mm. the best brother episode I've seen because not only is Matt like very visibly taking care of TK and telling him, you know, this is wrong and we got to go get Padamon and, and so on. Like, and like teaching him in that regard, like... Yeah. Teaching him how to deal with friendships that are falling apart or whatever. Yeah, this was a great Matt episode in general. This I've been very proud of Matt for the past like two episodes <laughs> we've done. But um, also, it's the first time I kind of noticed a brotherly bond between Padamon and Gabumon. Except they were evolved at the time. And like mm. the reason I liked that fight is because it's the first one where the, I really noticed the Digimon actually trying to coordinate a strategy, mm-hmm. sort of. Even a little bit, because it was like one of them would attack from the front, and the other would circle around from behind, and I was like, "This is actual battle strategy." Wow. Yeah. I want to see more about how relationships between the people affect relationships between the Digimon. I don't think it does very much. Yeah. I wish it did. I guess. I totally agree. Okay. Ashley, did you have a favorite anything? Favorite anything? I just liked how I thought I would have more problems with this arc being in the real world like things would make less sense but it just it just knows that automatically and just makes fun of our world in so many ways (laughs) that i'm like this is is glorious so glorious 
the humor in this episode, in these episodes, glorious. It is pretty great. I feel like the writers have picked up the right balance of humor and self-reference by this point. Yeah, they still have some really bad ones where you're like, you didn't need yeah. to go all out on those Gatamon cat references, but all yeah, right. But... <laughs> yeah, but we did. <laughs> yeah. And it was a good, it was a good counterbalance to the overall very serious dark crap that goes on in, this, in these episodes. Like, is there actually much Gatomen getting tortured? You don't think torture is serious? Is he tortured by like in, in the one episode at the end? Oh, I mean, I mean like the they talk about it, yeah, yeah. But in the dub, they cut out images of her getting hit with his uh, whip, his like lightning whips or whatever they are. Crimson oh. lightning, yeah, Crimson lightning. Yes, uh, I guess that's good because I don't really want to see that. So well, it, it was super weird because in the not in a flashback in the present day when Gatomen attacks him, there's a really awkward cut where they she attacks him and then just kind of like falls back afterwards. And it's kind of implied that there was like, I don't know, he defended himself or something. But like in the original, he actually like hits her back and then she falls mm. back. But yeah. I don't need to see yeah. all that violence against women. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, it's general bad to, and not great to show that. But I like seeing her overcome that. So I don't think I mind seeing it in the first place. Okay. Like it, it adds character to her. Like, I don't know. I think we know enough. Like even as a kid, I knew where that scar on her paw came from. True, like, true. I don't need to see it. That's right. Yeah, that's true. I didn't need to see it with Demi Devimon either. Yeah. Didn't we see him get whipped? I don't know if we saw him get whipped, but we did see him get hung over a fire and, hmm. and like beat up by bats. Oh yes. There's lots of bats. <laughs> yes. One could say he's the bat man. Why don't you write for Disney? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True story. As a kid, whenever the end, the credits would show in the beginning, I'd always see Jeff Nimoy's name and be like, Jeff, that's my name. Oh my God, that's adorable. <laughs> that is cute. Wow. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, little Jeff. <laughs> yeah, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Is she in Tokyo? Is she the eighth child? Is she the eighth child? <laughs> yes. Actually, you mean where in the world is Kari San Diego? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> to preface this, I, in general, while, while, while all of us have been like thinking of topics to talk about in the show, we try to aim towards things that generate discussion and not so much like one person just saying opinions. But for this, it's kind of going to be the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff is the only one who bothered to research this. The rest yeah. of us yeah. were like, "Let's, we accept this." <laughs> I I got confused and yeah, I just accepted that they're somewhere and it may or may not be where they want to be, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of how it's written. That's definitely how it's written. Like especially, so I'm gonna start off like I'm gonna go chronologically um, through the areas, and they start off at their summer camp, and right from the bat, the kids are just like, "We need to get to Heightened View Terrace." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's no explanation for why they're going there or how they know they need to get there. It's also especially awkward because they start off being like, "We all grew up there. We want to go home, or like want to visit our old home," even though it's before they've noticed that they're telling the truth about that. So they're all lying, and they all have like together come up with this lie together at the same time. And then later they're like, oh, wait, we were all telling the truth? Whoa. Well, I mean, they were all individually telling the truth. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. But they didn't know they didn't know the rest of them were telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, I guess they all thought each other one was lying, but they were telling So I guess they individually told the truth, expected yeah. everyone else to be lying. Hmm. I guess so. I guess it felt like a concerted we've all agreed on this say say this thing, even though they had never talked about it. So so starting off with that, in Japanese, I listened I watched the end of the episode the last episode from the last arc when they're in Jedi's house. He shows them a map and in English he's like he has a circle on the map and he's like country state city and like he zooms in to show where my Otis one is and Jedi says something like this is my Otis one and then Matt and Ty are like oh, my Otis one that's in the dub no that that is that is a dub sorry and yeah. in in the Japanese the lines are actually the surprise is not about my Otis one like it's clear from the beginning that it, that he's showing a map of where my Otis one is the surprise is when he zooms in and they realize it's Titan View Terrace mm. um, which that makes much the, more sense the name the name Titan View Terrace is the dub name the original in general I feel kind of iffy about saying like this is the actual name because like the dub is what we are used to and i feel like it's kind of like silly to be like no the japanese is the one true thing like yeah but i think in this case for place names that are actually real names of real places <laughs> i don't feel so bad about that but yes yeah. so the 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 real name of the place is Hikarigaoka, which i can understand why they changed that because that's hard to pronounce <laughs> why heightened view terrace I don't know, especially... It's the same... It's about the same number of syllables. Yeah, it's just as... Right, like, <laughs> Titan View Terrorist is five. Hikari Gaoka is six, so I guess it's close. Close enough. Yeah, definitely, like, I guess they needed something that was kind of a mouthful so that they'd match the lips. But I remember as a kid being like, Titan View Terrorist, that's a weird name. Like, I thought of it as a foreign name for some reason. <laughs> but I guess I'm confused why they didn't go with something more Japanese, because, like, everything else is Japanese. I actually posted a picture to Reddit of, and for some reason it doesn't show up on Reddit. And it's like not visible on the main page of the Digimon subreddit, but it's a picture of like them all talking in the background. There's a picture of the station, the train station that says Hikari Gaoka instead of Fighting View Terrors. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, they don't, I guess they don't go all the way in covering that up. So Hikari Gaoka is an interesting name because it means light hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wonder though, like as a kid watching this Japanese being like, when they just say Hikari over and over, like everything's Hikari. I guess they don't know it's the Crest of Light at this point, do they? No. Hmm, interesting. Still, it's like, I wonder who the eighth child is. They grew up in Hikari Gaoka. I wonder if it's Hikari. <laughs> we already. Whatever. We've definitely not seen a Digivice in her house. That's really sad that she doesn't remember it, but whatever. So then they they get to Hikarigaoka. They see the, you know, like they fight Mammothmon and whatever they remember. And then the next episode, the one where they just take public transit for the whole episode, they get on the train. And for some reason, they all fall asleep. I found that really silly that they all fall asleep at the same time. But they, they take a train, which is probably the, I forgot to pronounce, Toei Oedo line from, that should run from, it starts in Hikarigaoka and ends in Shinjuku, which is where they end up because they sleep through it. And I was interested because I was like, Toei Oedo? That's Toei, like the company that makes that animated Digimon. I was mm. like, huh. And it turns out it's completely unrelated. Of course. It's like the company Toei that makes, like the media distribution company comes from Tokyo Ega, which means like, Tokyo Film, um, Toei. And uh, the name of the subway line comes from, like the kanji just means metropolitan government. So that was kind of <laughs> lame. But anyway, they take that line. And I was confused because looking at the map, um, Shinjuku is actually halfway between Hikari Gooka and Odaiba, which is where they're headed. So I was like, what? Why did they end up, they go all the way down the line and up halfway and that's how they're lost it's because the line actually loops around so they would have they would have gotten off near odaiba except they kept going and it looped to the end which is mm. back to shinjuku didn't they show a picture of that in the dub there was some picture oh. where it was a loop 
And I was like, what? They probably did, and I just didn't know. Yeah. Uh, but Shinjuku is interesting um, because it's the setting of Tamers. Oh, is they it? also yeah they also show the Tokyo Metropolitan Building for like a second while they're there and that's like the the building with like the two towers it's pretty prominent in Tamers and a lot of other anime mm. I was going to mention that Tokyo is split up into wards and Tokyo itself is kind of confusing to especially to Americans I'm not sure what it's like in other languages but the the wards of Tokyo are the translation for the names is to refer to them as cities even though Tokyo itself is all one city. Mm. So the ward that uh, Hikari Gooka is in is Nerima, mm-hmm. and Shinjuku is its own ward. And then the next ward that they go to is uh, Minato, which is where most of everything else is. So they get off at Shinjuku, they eat lunch, they can't get back on the train, so they hitchhike. And there's some interesting things that were cut out in the hitchhiking. I guess they wanted to not sh- teach kids how to hitchhike in the dub. Mm-hmm. There were so many problems with that, we're getting there. So. <laughs> Well, problems. did you know that there's a thing with Matt? Like, the thing with Matt is totally, can, like, mixed up, mixed up. I did not know about the thing with Matt. I didn't really understand his, what, he just, like, didn't try. Did they c- cut it? So that's the thing. It made no sense in the dub. In the, in the, in the Japanese, he actually just puts his thumb out right away, and, like, a seductive woman in a convertible comes up. Oh, God! And is like, hey, get in my car. And he's like, he's embarrassed. That's why he's blushing. That makes so much that more sense. That explains it. And he just doesn't know, he doesn't know how to reply to her, and then she drives away, and that's, like, why he's embarrassed. <laughs> I'm so glad they cut that out. <laughs> that's so... Uh, they're 11. Yeah. But then he blurts out, like, in the in the dub, he blurts out, like, what, like Ty, what did you do or something? In the Japanese, he blurts out, like, there was only one seat. Or he doesn't say that. He says, like, how could all of us fit in there? And there was only one seat. So it makes sense. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's creepy. <laughs> it, it is a little weird. I understand why they took that out. This whole thing is creepy. Yeah. yeah. It's still creepy. Kids, do not hitchhike. Don't. Don't do it. Adults, don't do it. It's scary. Don't do it. We'll get there. Do it. With gender. <laughs> so, so the next word they go to is the Minato word, um, which is where everything else is. The first thing we get to... So they, they take the they take that guy's car, which we'll get to more about Dwayne later. <laughs> and they end up on a bridge. I'm not sure what bridge is actually supposed to be. This is just a random bridge. And they fall into the water or whatever, and they fight uh, Gesomon. Yeah. And then eventually yeah. you're like, screw this, let's just take a Kakumon. <laughs> Best decision ever. They got to the water, which is the important part. Yeah. And then they could take water the rest of the way, which is like, wouldn't they have seen them in the water? But anyway, if they're trying to be covert. Of course not. But so they show them at the end of that episode heading towards a bridge, which is the Rainbow Bridge, which is what connects Odaiba to the rest of uh, mainland Tokyo. And Odaiba itself is a man-made island. Hmm. It's Odaiba is apparently one of Tokyo's most popular shopping and entertainment districts now. I wonder if it was at the time or if that's more recently. Because it doesn't seem very... They don't draw it as being particularly popular. Hmm. But I guess that could be budget too. Um, but so in Adventure, it's the set, It's the home of all of the, the Digidescents except for TK. And I'll get to TK later. And I think it's also, aside from Ken, if you remember from Adventure Zero Two. Mm. I, I remember there being something like Ken having to take the train home from something. Yeah, it was a Christmas party. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it definitely becomes important in the next arc. Um, how TK lives somewhere else. I remember that being a thing. Yeah. So it's also, Odaiba is also the home of the Fuji TV building, which will become important later. They haven't gotten to yet, I guess. They haven't even seen it. Maybe it's been in the background. Um, it's the building with the, the weird sphere thing that becomes important later. <laughs> and I think Matt's dad also works there. Yeah, he does. Well, and TK's dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's also interesting because the, the show aired on Fuji TV. Oh. 
I don't know if they were like, I don't know, showing it to promote promote the building or whatever. And that that sphere itself, that like the synctus sphere is actually an observation deck that normal people can go to and look out and apparently has a really good view. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't think they actually show this in Digimon, so it must be more recent. There is a, a replica of the Statue of Liberty in Odaiba, huh. which is just weird. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the next place they show is Shibara, which is when Izzy gets the email from Jedi and goes to fight Weramon. And it's the area directly across the Rainbow Bridge. So it like is what connects. It's like if you just go across the bridge, is what you could end up in the, the rest of Tokyo. And this I find especially confusing because this is the area in the in, this, in the Japanese where this is what Izzy refers to. He's like Joe, like ask if any people were in Shibara last night. And especially confusing because in the the Netflix, the subtitles are on Netflix are pretty bad. They mistranslate this as Shibuya, mm. um, which makes things especially more confusing because then they go to Shibuya later. And also in the dub, in the recap of in the recap of the episode we're in the park, Ty says Shibora instead of Shibara, which is like, like it's a minor difference, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. And so that that's also in the so Adaiba, Rainbow Bridge, Shibara, all in the Minato Ward. And the last thing in the Minato Ward they go to is Tokyo Tower, which is like I'm actually not sure if it's in Shibara, but it's in the general area. And that's where uh, Sora, Mimi, and Ty and Izzy fight Squall Um it's a thing that looks like Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool because it's in like lots of other clamp it's in lots of clamp stuff and other anime. <laughs> it's in a lot of things. <laughs> I actually looked, there's a TV tropes page of like things that media that has this in it, has a Tokyo mm-hmm. Tower in it. And there weren't yeah. quite as many things as I thought. Like I thought it was like every anime ever, basically. I guess you watch a lot of Clamp. <laughs> so I made a list in Card Captors or Card Captor Sakura, uh, Subasa, Kogias, Death Note, Mawaru Penguin Drum. Magic Knight, Ray Earth. Oh yeah. I didn't list the ones I didn't know or haven't seen. <laughs> Those don't exist. If Jeff doesn't know them, they're not real. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, apparently Tokyo Tower, the top of it was bent in an earthquake in 2011. The famous earthquake in Japan that caused the uh, Fukushima nuclear disaster. It caused the top of Tokyo Tower to be bent. Hmm. It's still bent. Actually, I'm not sure. It's, it's unclear looking at Wikipedia because it says the damage was... Damage happened on March 11th, which is when the earthquake happened. And then in July, the next year, they the height shrank 300 meters while they repaired the top of the antenna. I don't know if that means they repaired it to make it and made it shorter or if they were, I don't know. I don't know if it's better or not anymore. But I thought that was interesting because in this episode, it kind of falls over. And <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, and the another ward is the Setagaya ward, which is where TK lives. And there's not much important about that aside from that's where TK and their mom live. Um, but it's... Shibuya is halfway between Setagaya and Odaiba, or like roughly halfway between. So that explains why they're riding the train from Odaiba to Setagaya when they get off the train, because Padamon runs away. There's a shopping district directly around the Shibuya train station that's really popular and pretty famous. It's where Pumpkinmon and Gatsumon party and whatever. And apparently in the Japanese, they refer to it, like Pumpkinmon and Gatsumon refer to it as the famous Shibuya, like even in, Jap- even in the digital world, they all know about this place. <laughs> which is kind of weird. And they're the most distinctive part of Shibuya, which they really don't show quite how hectic it is in this, in Digimon. And this, this link will be in the show notes to an image of the intersection. I can't write the intersection's name, but it's like famous intersection because it's really heavily crowded. Isn't that intersection in um, Durarara? Probably. It's in a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, Digimon Frontier, that they all uh, go to Shibuya Station. I can't remember if it's Shibuya or Shinjuku. I always get those confused. I think it's I think it's Shibuya. So I have an article that lists all the real, real locations, which was really helpful. Yep, that's for the Shibuya Station. Okay, so the, the intersection is called Shibuya Crossing, apparently. Mm. And I think of it, uh, it's... Shibuya is the setting of The World Ends With You, which is a pretty cool DS and iOS game by Square, which is kind of all about, it, like, it, it's an RPG that incorporates 
fashion mechanics because the area has a lot to do with fashion. I was kind of, I felt kind of gypped that it's this like famous shopping district and Mimi who always talks about shopping doesn't get to go there. <laughs> Someday. So that's, yeah, that's my long rant about geography. Are we asleep yet? I am. Yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I think nothing is interesting because I don't say that word. Yeah, none of us do. You can think it without saying it, can't you? No. Well, sometimes it actually means what you want it to mean. But sometimes no. it's just sometimes it's just a fluff word. What if I just say omoshiroi? Then you're being a weeaboo. I don't know. When they came back, like episode 29, the first one that we watched, first episode where they're back in the real world, felt like extra ridiculous. But I also appreciated it the most. And I felt like there were moments where you could see that somehow the kids had learned through their experience in the digital world how to manipulate their surroundings. Like the way that they manipulate adults to allow them to get to Heighten View Terrace is creepy. And Really? Because I feel like they... But it's like everything they've learned in the digital world doesn't apply here. Like they've never interacted with adults in the, world, in the digital world. I know. It's strange. I think it's more that they their confidence has grown because they know they can take care of themselves. Yeah, I think their confidence yeah. and their, their teamwork, you know, like they're able to convince them yeah. as a group as instead of just being like randomly saying different things. Yeah. Right. And also, I guess it also, the interesting thing is that Joe... Took responsibility. Well, not that. The opposite, actually. That... <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not so clear in the dub that he's supposed to be, like, the leader of the group. Like, And I found that that weird, that... I mean, it clear in the dub. He was like, Mr. Fujiyama, I accept full responsibility for these young hooligans. Yeah. Right, that, yeah, that's but... true. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, you are the responsible one. I'm like, rub it in some more, guys. Responsible. <laughs> I was like, except he's not. <laughs> So, but I think I think it was interesting how Joe is the one who's supposed to be like in that scene where Ty runs down the steps and is like, "One of you come with me," and then everyone else comes with him. Mm-hmm. Um, in Japanese, Mimi is like, "I want to come too," and then Joe is like, "No, sorry, sorry." In the dub, Mimi's like, "I want to come too," and Joe's like, "I don't want to keep Mimi company," and I guess it ships yeah. him a little bit more. But in the Japanese, he's just saying like, "As the leader, I should decide something," and then gets cut off. And I think it's interesting that at this point we have cemented that Ty is the leader to us. But that there's this other, like, in name, Joe is the leader. Like, to the adults, they have to keep up this perception that Joe is leader. This, like, Mm -hmm. fake, like, let's act like Joe is leader. (laughs) Which is pretty interesting. Jeff, you can't stop now. (laughs) I'm just going to say it more. Oh, my God. I'm I'm renaming the podcast Interesting. No. A digital podcast. A digital podcast. God. No. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Leadership was very interesting to me because I also got this... I feel like they each, not all of them, but some of them have very definitive, like they're still in the structure of Ty, Sora, Matt are kind of like the top three or whatever. But then I felt like a lot of responsibility was handed off to Izzy in very specific situations. Like he was Ty's right-hand man in secret. (laughs) And Izzy's actually always sort of been in that role because he's the one that actually like is curious about how things work right i wonder if there's not something that's like an undertone that wasn't really made explicit in that yeah like tyne is you're always together in the real world in this arc in the movie i wonder if they're supposed to be in the same apartment building or something no i don't think so, think so. how would you know wouldn't their parents make a wouldn't it be a like less of a big deal if he was going to ties if he was like two floors away i don't know but, yeah that's true yeah Still, like the, the whole island of Odaiba is not that big from what I've seen on maps. It's like yeah, I don't, I don't think they live in the same building. I mean, we see like in the next arc, don't we see them all like running around trying to find each other? I guess I don't remember. I just remember Bakuman. 
I remember the Bakuman. I'm really, I'm really excited for the next arc. I'm actually really surprised that I do not remember that. I guess I find it weird that the, the parents still don't know anything at this point. That we've watched pretty soon, <laughs> right? But like we, we watched uh, so of the episodes in the real world, we watched six out of eleven, mm-hmm. and I kind of thought they were in in the mix earlier on. I think it starts next episode. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure too because the next one is with Lilymon. Oh yeah, for sure then. So, but it's just strange. Like I guess I thought they were in it for the whole most of the thing, but it's really just they're in it for less than half. Um, which is kind of weird because we have a lot more, like we've only met uh, Izzy's parents and Ty's parents. And there are a lot more parents introduced. So I don't know why they waited until later to do it. They're not important. I don't know. <laughs> they, are, yeah. they are important, though. They all have their own character designs. That's actually kind of a big deal. <laughs> I, I found that interesting when uh, there's like a scene where Gatamon is questioning kids on the street or something. And like, or no, she's not. I think she's just watching them or something. And maybe it's not Gatamon. Maybe it's Wizardmon. But I'm just like, these kids don't have real character designs. They look like like fake kids. Like, come on. They're obviously not the age to do Destiny. Come on. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Other things I liked about the real world was I felt like when we were in the digital world, I just understood nothing because they didn't make the parameters of the world clear at all. And I was just like, what do you mean? What do you mean by understand nothing? Like the social structures? Oh, I'd just be like, like the whole last arc that we did, I was just like, nothing makes any sense. And I do not care at all because this makes zero sense. Because they just introduce new things every episode, and you're like, how does this fit into the rest of the structure of the digital world? What is the structure of the digital world? I don't know. Yeah, I agree with that. But like, in this, I'm like, okay, there's a real world. I understand the structures of the real world because I live in it, and I understand that Digimon would be ridiculous in it, and (laughs) fine. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Totally okay with that. I don't know. And then I enjoyed this arc a lot more. I wanted to talk about the Digimon in the real world. Like, because this is the first time we've had the, we've had, you know, Coromon and Ty in the real world before, but this is the first time we've had for like, consistent, I guess, Digimon in the real world and they've had to deal with hiding them and stuff. And I want to talk about it now because I mean, it's going to be like a thing later on in Digimon. Like, it's not just in this episode and, or not this, not just in this arc. And I don't know, I'm kind of already sick of it. Not, not sick of them being in the real world because all those things you actually said are true. I believe like it make the world, the structure of the world makes so much more sense and it's more believable. And, but I'm just kind of sick of them having to hide their Digimon. You know, like it's, it's interesting and funny for like the first episode by the second one where they're just telling the Digimon to shut up every five seconds. It's kind of yeah. grating on me. Yeah. No, I was still amused. Well, soon. Soon. <laughs> soon. <laughs> soon what? Soon they go back? No, soon they don't have to hide them anymore because they're oh, that's everywhere. That's true. They do a really bad job at hiding them. I just want to... Right, that's the thing. Like, it's like, <laughs> I guess it's played for laughs how bad it is. Um, although, although Agumon is pretty cool in his hoodie. Yeah, Agumon and Tentamon go out in that one of the... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get, I, as far as I remember, they do this throughout Adventure Zero too, right? Like uh, the Digimon are in disguise the whole season while they walk around the town and stuff. Well, actually, the Digimon are usually tiny. Right. In season two. I don't get so frustrated with Adventure Zero too because they're always in training and they're always small enough that they look like plushies. Yeah, you can hide them behind your back. None of them are bigger than a soccer ball. Yeah, and I, I think I found it. And, and Tamers, it, it, like they, I think they make it ugh, interesting and. <laughs> As opposed to, you know, like, I feel like in this, it's kind of, I don't know, they, they do, how do I not say interesting? They do cool things with that. Like, they, you know, have entire episodes devoted to how to hide Gilmon and, you know, where to put Gilmon when he, like, evolves and can't de-digivolve. And, you know, they don't just, it's not just about hiding, it's about, like, the consequences of them being in this real world beyond just, oh, no, we have to hide them and pretend that they're fake to the adults. 
Whereas this in the adventure universe, it never goes beyond like hiding them. Entomon had to become a molemon and get locked in a closet. <laughs> Did he say he was a molemon? Yeah, he was he like, said, "What, he am, said, I what am I, a molemon?" Yeah. Okay, Tentomon has some serious issues with hitting on Izzy's mom, so oh, I think yeah. he should be he should be trapped in the closet, not let out. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, was I hate. Very, I was very angry with Tentomon. We're getting to that Izzy episode. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the Izzy episode. Stupid Izzy. <laughs> I like to think that Izzy is like, you know, Tentamon will be like, your mom's pretty hot. And then Izzy's like, okay, I'm going to hope he doesn't mention that again. And then he mentions yeah. it again. And then he's like, Tentamon, Jesus, come on. <laughs> I think that's pretty much exactly Izzy's reaction to that. <laughs> I personally love Izzy's mom. How could you not love Izzy's mom, though? Like, they set it up so that it's impossible not to love Izzy's mom. Pretty much, yeah. Well, Ashley, didn't you have a segment where you you sang Izzy's mom has got it going on? Izzy's on this podcast? mom has got I don't know, but I was thinking it just now, so... Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> I was thinking it during the episode. I was like, Tentamon, you're, you're going to do he's, he's now. Yeah, Tentamon makes you think it. It's... This is not avoidable. Well, <laughs> I want to talk about how interesting the real world authorities are. <laughs> no, no, I went. I hinted at before how Myotismon. I didn't understand what his ultimate goal was, and we could talk about later if he like, has a like next episode if there's more of a if he talks about that more. But I'm just thinking if the kids didn't defend anything, they just let Myotismon get the crest, let him attack everything. You know, he wouldn't just take over the world because they defend. They didn't defend it, right? Like there are other people that can defend the world. Like there are militaries, they have tanks, they have missiles. Like, yeah. And I guess there are consequences for that. You know, like, you know, maybe if maybe the government's reaction is to blow up Japan and that's really bad and that's really <laughs> that should be prevented. That would be an awesome fanfic. <laughs> you living in a post-apocalyptic Digimon Japan? <laughs> I feel like that would inevitably start wars between countries because humans are stupid. That would be so, oh my God, that would be the better, that would be the awesome fan fiction that like the world is like, it's like World War Three triggered by Digimon. Yeah, I'd read that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this podcast is just a way for us to inspire people to write fan fiction. Yeah, where are all of you? Write th- these fanfics so that we can read them. <laughs> we can we can have like a little corner where we, we plug your fic and I'll read an excerpt of it. Yeah, we're all about this. I am all about this personally (laughs) it's true give me give me your archive of your own screen names i will plug you so hard your what plug no but your your archive what archive of your of our own is is i'll explain to you later (laughs) (laughs) the true nerds out there will understand (laughs) you like the new hotness beyond fanfiction.net fanfiction.net is sort of considered less quality than archive of our own i guess Hmm. but i mean there's a lot of cross posting it's not entirely elitist my complaints about this arc and real world authorities came down to like not fleshing out what they're actually defending what the consequences would be if they weren't defending it and wondering like you know all these buildings are getting destroyed by digimon like shouldn't someone be getting involved aside from the kids and their digimon i think it's some of it must be happening off screen. Yeah, but I mean, some of that has to trickle into on screen, right? Like, I guess we we could assume that off screen politicians are debating what to do and they can't come to a conclusion, so they don't act. But I just think it's poorly fleshed out. I think there's also a problem where Digimon interfere with electronics. 
Hmm. And that yeah. you know, that messes with a lot of um, satellite stuff, messes with a lot of communication and videotaping stuff. So hmm. that's definitely, as you recall, it's definitely made explicit in the next arc with uh, Meredith's fog. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like that makes more sense. You know, like once the fog is up, and like I feel like then it starts to make more sense why there is no intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I guess I, I thought about this. Um, you know, this thought of why doesn't anyone intervene when in the episode at uh, Heightened View Terrace when Gatamon complains that Mammothmon is causing an uproar and she's like Ugh, why do we bring this stupid Digimon along and I was thinking like yeah why you know, like isn't Mammothmon causing an uproar like hurting their cause you know because it's going to attract attention it's going to bring in the military then they're going to fight the military and you know in their like if this were actually thought out logically you'd want people like Gatamon or Digimon like Gatamon to do things covertly to sneak around mm-hmm Myotismon may not consider the humans a threat. That's true. He might just think, like, whatever. Because, like, I mean, yeah, I guess it's a big leap to go from, you see these humans, like, on their own, they're, like, you know, to a Digimon, the, 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 the idea that they can get these tanks and, like, military weapons might be foreign to them. You know, it's just, you see, like, to a Digimon, you can see everything they are. I guess they can have hidden powers, but they don't just, like, get out of machine and do stuff. Mm-hmm. So I could see, yeah, I could see that, that they, like, think, oh, they're just humans. and Which, I mean, I could kind of wish he learned a lesson from that. You know, like, got hit by a <laughs> missile and then was like, ow, or something. <laughs> Right? I just feel like if Digimon can manipulate our technology, then they would launch a missile at him and he'd be like, whatever, I'm going to throw it back at you. That'd be cool. Although there's not much digital in a missile, probably. Maybe if it has like heat sticking stuff. I don't know. Well, you could you could attack the targeting computer before you actually launch the missile. Yeah. I guess we just arrived at our war game in the movie. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wait, this happens in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, it, it's totally different in the movie. In the movie, the Digimon launches a nuclear strike. It's not like an outside... Right, and I'm telling you that if the humans were like, we're going to launch a nuclear strike against you, it would still happen the same way. How are you going to ta- uh, do a, a nuclear missile strike against the internet? Yeah, definitely. the Digimon would just win, is the conclusion. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Myotismon's army would win against, you know, the armies of the world, but I don't think it would even win against the, the army of Japan, but, you know, Venom Myotismon, maybe. Okay, but no, wait, but if Myotismon made it so that Digimon could take over the world, even if his army couldn't do it, he would create infighting with other Digimon in the world, and then they'd eventually just one of them. It would just create a lot of infighting, is the... Yeah, probably. <laughs> between humans and Digimon. We are writing some crazy fanfiction right now. Can we stop? <laughs> I wish they just thought about this more. Right. I feel like the, I feel like, I feel like the writers didn't take this to its logical conclusion. They were just like, my Digimon comes, I'll take over the world. And it's like, it's a bit more complicated than that. I don't know. <laughs> I guess we should get off the topics before we just... Before this podcast becomes fanfiction. Yeah, we are just, we are fanfiction <laughs> right now. I, I would be okay with that. <laughs> there were a lot of really tragic friendships going on in this arc, and I was touched by a couple episodes. I, I, were you touched by an Angemon? Not particularly. Grown. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I mean, the Gatsumon and Pumpkinmon episode, it didn't affect me much as a kid. I, I was just like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They, these annoying Digimon died, big deal. <laughs> even, as kid, even as a kid, I did not accept the dungeon thing. Um, <laughs> but now I'm like, they were trying to make friends. They were trying kind of hard, and now they, they're dead. That's actually tragic. <laughs> and then there's Wizardmon. I'm... Oh god, I was so the this I think Myrdismon is 
possibly my favorite villain because he just destroys relationships. He's just against all happiness and he... <laughs> It's just like, he doesn't even... I, I actually kind of like that we can't quite discern his purpose. Because unlike Devimon, who was all like, Yes, I'm going to take over the world, even if my plan doesn't really make any sense. Myrismon is just like, I'm just gonna suck the life out of everything and punish my own ha. army. And yeah, that was actually an intentional pun. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, Ashley. You think I'm funny. Myotismon is just like unrepentantly evil. Like there, he has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Like Devimon is sort of like, he's the embodiment of evil. He kind of can't help it in a way. While Myotismon, he's just a vampire. He's not like darkness. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna talk about his vampireness too. Don't even. <laughs> okay. Is that is that in our gender discussion? That's part of my gender discussion. <laughs> um, I think it's cooler that he is. You know, like everyone's just an embodiment of evil, but Myotis one's scarier because he's closer to a human. You know, he's like yeah, hits you yeah. more at home and is like this is creepier. He clearly knows what he wants. Well, young women. We don't know what he wants, but. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. That, yeah. That, that's that's a good point. He is so collected and knows exactly what he wants. I mean, I guess all the villains aside from Edamon kind of have that too. But he feels like he, <laughs> he feels like he's planned everything. Like Devimon doesn't really set into motion that big of a plan. Whereas no. Modismon seems like he sets all into motion and he's yeah. pretty cool and collected about it. And yeah. I guess I've had issues with like I don't understand his plan. I don't understand like is he just take is he just going to the digital world to suck humans' blood? Like does he need that in their digital world? Like where does he get this blood otherwise? And I have all these questions. But to him, he just knows everything. Like he's not confused. Yeah. yeah. He knows what he's. He knows what he's doing, even if it's nonsensical. <laughs> and I actually kind of like this because a lot of his dialogue is totally ridiculous, but he just, just delivers it with flawless confidence. Like, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's like, I, I can't not take you seriously. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, God, if, if the other, if the previous arcs were about team building in a way where each character learns their strengths and grows into themselves, this one is about strengthening the bonds between everyone. The bonds between brothers, the bonds between friends, the bonds of, between individual team members instead of everyone just, like, collecting in a, an amorphous mob. You can see what each, you're starting to see what each kid means to the other kids. Like, Sora and Mimi get along surprisingly well, because they're the only girls. Even if they're yeah. very different, like, they are obviously very fond of each other and of each other's company. And Izzy, he, he calls almost, I think he calls all his friends for help when, um, when he, he notices the Raramon out in the canal. And, um... Does he call all of them? He definitely calls Ty, Sora, and Matt. I thought it was yeah. at least implied that he called everyone and everyone was asleep or something. Yeah. I only remember him calling those three. He might not have called everyone, but he's never asked for help before. He's always done thing things on his own. All Izzy episodes are about Izzy doing something by himself. Hmm. And I guess this one is this one is still that. Yeah, this one is still that. But he tried to get. Yeah, but he tried. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I probably all Izzy episodes in the future are still him doing things by himself, which is kind of weird. But like this arc is, you have 
you have family. You have family for the first time being a really huge factor besides with Matt and TK. And the kids, too, are becoming something functional. Something where each kid, now that they know what their function is, they're learning how to fit it all together. And you can see that even in Myotismon's army with Wizardmon and Gatomon. Wizardmon is totally devoted to Gatomon. And it is adorable, and I'm really, really sad about it. <laughs> You can see it with Pumpkinmon and Gatsumon. Like, they don't care about Myotismon. They just want to hang out and party together. Like, I don't think... Why are any of these Digimon following Myotismon? None of them cares about him. Well, I mean, I mean, it's clear from Gatsumon's interactions that she was forced into it. Yeah. Right. And I think there are probably perks. I mean, there's perks to joining our army. <laughs> um... I think they get food, they get paid, something. Uh, Gatomon recruited a bunch of evildoers who just want to blow things up. Gatsumon and Pumpkinmon wanted to visit the world, the real world. Mm. Um, Demi Devimon thinks Myotismon is the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> Demi Devimon wants to be Myotismon when he grows up. <laughs> when he did your so true, though. Do you guys, I found it so ridiculous, like, having to type out, whenever I, like, wrote my notes, Pumpkinmon and Gatsumon, I was like, oh my god, these names are so ridiculous. Like, even saying it, I'm like, Pokemon and Gatsumon, like, it, it's frustrating to say it's so long, so I started, ended up writing, like, P and G. I think, it, I think it's funny that in Japanese, the title of the episode is, yeah, it's, it's Pump, Pump and Gotsu, our Shibuya Digimon, is the title. That's cute. But, like, See, that's how I was writing, I was writing Pump and Gotsu. Oh, really? Eventually, as short, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, is, is it Gotsu or Gatsu? Like, ugh. oh, it's Gotsu, but they, they say Gatsu, right? it Gatsu in the dub. Yeah, so that's what I call him. Yeah, which is sorry, Gatsumon. I I'm <laughs> old and set in my ways. Like, a, like a rock. Yes, like a pile of rocks. <laughs> I'm gonna be 24 and a half by next episode. Oh, oh my god, no! Yeah, tragic. I'm gonna probably be 24 and a half by the time this episode comes out. What other friendships? There's just a lot going on. Izzy and Izzy, er, sorry, Tendomon and Izzy's mom. That's not, yeah. no, no. <laughs> he uh, wishes he could come out of that closet. Uh, <laughs> Especially with his, with his disguise on, be like, hey, lady. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't, I don't want to think about this. <laughs> I think it's, I realize in this arc, I don't know why I notice it now, but I was thinking, I guess, in terms of, because I guess I'm kind of getting excited for the, the other seasons. Like, I'm like, I guess getting sick of adventure a little bit <laughs> and looking looking forward to like a refresh, or, like a restart, reboot. Um, like, because I've rewatched Adventure the most recently, so the other ones I'm less familiar with and I'm like excited to get to them. And I was thinking about how the crests are only in this season, or I mean this and the next one. But like, the other seasons don't really have this concept of here are these traits that you represent. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it and I was like, I feel like the theme of Digimon is usually around friendship. And yeah. I guess they felt, I wonder if they felt limited in these two seasons in Adventure, Adventure Zero 2, that they couldn't really summarize it as being all about friendship as much because friendship is just one of the eight attributes. Or like, I don't know, they wanted to make it a, like, about Ty, so they couldn't make it like, well, and Matt's crest is the most important one. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far i told you i have no thoughts on friendships they haven't <laughs> wow wow see this is this is why ashley and i just disagree on everything because i don't care about the romantic relationships and she doesn't care about the friendships so, like, we, just, we just can't like things yeah we can't like things together i don't have any comments about the friendships in this arc but i have comments about friendships in general mm. t and i said jeff would talk about friendship because <laughs> yeah. i mean it's weird because so many of 
Digimon's messages in other seasons and in this one too, or these two, is comes down to like, you're a good guy if you have friends, which I find really odd because as a kid growing up who didn't have many friends and like I went through, you know, years in school where I like literally didn't have anyone I hung out with outside of school. Not that I'm like complaining about it now, it was fine, I was happy. But, you know, like it's a weird message to be ingrained in your head that like, and I, I, I assume there's a correlation between people who watch Digimon and people who had trouble making friends. And to like pound that message in their head that mm. you aren't good unless you have friends or that like you need friends to be good. Like, I feel like I, w- I would have at plenty of times been like, I wish I could believe in my friends as much as these guys do, but I don't know how to make the friends to feel that way. I mean, I feel like the narrative that our culture tells us frequently through horrible things like mass school shootings, when they try to figure out who the shooter is, it'll be like, oh, he was some lonely, sad dude who was awful like right like, like it's okay or like they write off as like well he wasn't a normal person because he didn't have friends yeah mm. and i'm not saying that those portrayals are also true and accurate but it is definitely a narrative that we tell ourselves quite frequently which is probably bad i think it's also a narrative that's very present in children's fiction that mm-hmm. like trying to teach kids to believe in friendship and and then like the you know other side of that coin is that you show that like the people who aren't good are the people who don't believe in friendship and i guess they don't really approach the subject of it's one thing to believe in friendship it's another thing to be able to get friends they address it a bit in uh, digimon frontier i'm trying to remember junpei junpei has Mm -hmm. trouble making friends yeah but then he gets friends well (laughs) because Yeah, it's weird Digimon because like you're forced to be friends with these people, you know, like you don't meet these people naturally. It's like you're stuck here. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how that's kind of how friendships work in real life. Yeah, I was about to say that's just like meet up with people that you have to work with all the time or you see all the time and then you become friends. Yeah, like that's the problem with sports teams is that like everybody thinks that they're just some gang of people that are their own thing. And it's because they have to hang out with each other all the time. Of course, they're going to be really close friends. Like, yeah, just how things actually happen. But I mean, naturally, you come to like in Digimon, it's kind of like everyone has to believe in everyone else. You know, and naturally, you'd be like you'd have these pairings where it's like, well, I get along with this person. But I don't get along with this other person. Well, Izzy and Mimi don't get along too great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that there are definitely, maybe there's less of the ones that don't get along great, but there are definitely ones that get along better than others. True, but I... Davis and TK don't get along great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I, I mean, the, but the message, the message is never like, it's okay to abandon these friendships. It's like, everyone has to stick together as a team, you know, like, we're in the real, whereas in the real world, like, you, you know, like, maybe you work with all these coworkers, but, you know, like, one or two of them you become really good friends with, and you, you know, like, over time, don't hear from the other people anymore after you leave the job or whatever, and it's like... Yeah, because, or like in school, like you, you see these people around and like after you graduate, you keep in touch with these pe- certain people and you don't keep in touch with other people and, or you just mm. never hear, like, I mean, Digimon is a very contrived setting where it's like, you are stuck with these people, you all need to be the best of friends together. And then there are people in those that stand out, but it's still like everyone is a team, which yeah. doesn't reflect the real world unless you're on a sports team. <laughs> Even on a sports team, there are kids who don't get along, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You still have your favorite buddies. Especially once you, yeah, especially once you get to, like, pro levels, then nobody gets along. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I don't think that's true, but... I don't think that's true either, but it, it, you hear more about the rivalries and within the teams. Mm-hmm. Right. And without the teams. <laughs> I mean, I uh, I guess because Adventure has Adventure O2, I, I don't know, I never really got the sense that in Adventure O2 that the kids from Adventure, the older ones, were like, 
super tight still. I got the sense mm-hmm. that yeah. there was some some drifting that yeah. happened. Yeah. Mimi moved to America. Joe yeah. Joe's older, so he. I mean, he was still there. I guess. Ugh, can we talk about how Joe in this in this arc is like? We're in Japan. We take on these Digimon. I'm gonna go study. Like. <laughs> So I, I, I've heard that, and I was like, "This has to be a stupid change introducing the dub. Like, this is so contrary to his character. Like, this has to be like, you know, like a thing that they, you know, like a, a random line that was inserted that didn't, they didn't really understand the full context of it, or whatever. And that's fine. Like, you know, like have different writers, and whatever. In the Japanese, he talks about how he is going to summer school, which still doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. Like, mm-hmm. no, I mean, I think put back into his home, he's also put back in under all that pressure. Mm. Also, also, uh, remember how last time we were talking about, is this a sleepaway camp? Is this a, a day camp? I'm almost practically sure it's a day camp because none of them had any luggage. Mm. Didn't they talk about getting their luggage, though? I think they just didn't show it because they're lazy. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're just lazy. That might be true, but like, wouldn't they have brought their luggage home? I mean, even if you're going to a day camp, you would bring a bag with stuff. Yeah, like, so... it's just extra lazy for them to not have anything. <laughs> I, yeah, fine line between laziness and here's what we could do with a budget. No, because, like, I don't know, there was a weird line when Ty came home that his mom was like, okay, give me all your dirty laundry. Like, he was supposed to have it from camp. And I was like, but he was only there for half a day. It didn't make any sense. I I assumed it was like, I assumed it was like what he was wearing. That's stupid. It is, it was not a good line. (laughs) Andrew and I were both like, what? (laughs) It just makes no sense. Also, Ty's Ty's apartment looks so much uglier now. It has so much more color and is like so much more generic. (laughs) I enjoyed that the bunk beds were in some of the shots, and I was like, there are no sheets on those bunk beds. And then a magic sheet appeared on Ty's when he wanted to go to sleep, and I was like, wait, what? No! (laughs) That was not there before. (laughs) I'm trying so hard, but, like, this anime just doesn't animate things to see if I can confirm or deny back. <laughs> it is an important thing that anime has to do is animate things. Wanna talk more about Gatomon and Wizardmon? I think we do. I love Gatomon and Wizardmon. I love Wizardmon. Alright. Chill out. <laughs> so I mentioned before that how the Netflix subtitles are really bad. And I'd heard in the past that it's like diff- it varies by episode. So I don't know if it's like all these episodes or just the ones that I stumbled upon. Maybe a couple of these episodes didn't have the bad subs. But they translate Wizardmon as Withermon. <laughs> There's not even a translation needed. Like, uh. I mean, I think I think his Japanese name may not have the D in it. Uh. But still, he's clearly a wizard. Uh. Okay. So the Japanese is Weezamon. <laughs> he's Weezer. <laughs> if you go by um standard, so it's Weezamon. If you go by standard transliteration, that's Wizarmon. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, the R isn't technically in there. Yeah. I would still get Wither. Uh, that's a common, uh, uh, Z is a common, uh, stand-in for TH. Uh. Like, uh, uh, I don't know if any of you have seen D and Angel, but, um. I have. Okay, so the little bunny creature, With, he could also uh-huh. be Wiz. I, <laughs> is that an anime thing? Because I'm feeling like in the manga it was Wiz, but maybe I'm just misremembering. It it may be an anime thing. I frequently I'm thinking of a suicide how the the transliterations of names would vary. You know, like they they'd have tra- they have a they have a transliteration for the manga, and then in the anime they come up with the official one, and then they'd be like, oh, well, I guess we'll change it or we won't change it. Oh yeah, manga. that was a thing that happened. <laughs> 
with uh, well, it was it was with Faye, right? Yeah. I can't remember what the difference was. It was like F Y E instead of F A I or something. Uh, that is a really stupid name way of spelling his name. Oh right, yeah, his name, his name was Fi, not yeah. F Y E is a store. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> true facts. This has been True Facts with Asher Softman. It may have been F-E-Y. I don't know. It was one of those. No. It was F-Y-E. Well, Gautamon. She's a thing that exists. She's a cat. She is a cat. Yeah. She's a cat who de- who digivolves from a puppy. And then becomes an angel. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. becomes a dragon. Wait, is she a puppy? Is Salomon a puppy? Yeah, Salomon's a puppy. Yeah. Oh, right. I... <laughs> So she's a cat that turns into a dog that turns into a cat that turns into an angel that turns into a dragon. Makes sense. So I just realized the like I just realized the double the, the joke behind this. So there's um I guess I was looking at one of the next episodes that we haven't seen yet. Um and I looked on the Digimon Wiki had a quote and I was like, why is this quote me? And it's like after Angel Woman D Digival is back to Salomon and Kari's like, who are you? And she's like, I'm Gachamon. Do I need to cough up a furball for you to get it? It's because she's a dog. That makes so much more sense. I'm not sure that makes sense. Because <laughs> it, it's it's like because she's like I don't believe you. You're a dog, and she's like, what do I have to do? Like like have a furball or have a hairball to like make you convince them a cat? But she's still not a okay. <laughs> Digimon. <laughs> I was very touched by Gatamon's torture. I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I liked the random Myotismon, Gatomon, like, going all out about this dream talk that they had. It was very profound. <laughs> Let me try to find the... What was it? What was the dream talk? He was like, you you think you can win if you just follow your dreams. And she's oh. like, yeah, I'll follow my dreams. That's how I got to where I am. Whatever she Yeah. Said. I thought that was kind of... I didn't like that because it's like, clearly she has been aimless up until now and she finally has a goal. So to be like, I follow my dreams up to here now, up until here. It's like, no, you really haven't. Like, I don't think that, no. The point was she hadn't followed her dreams up until then and now she's going to do it. Oh. Right? Uh, I thought she's supposed to like have been working for my Otis for so long and she's forgotten what her yeah. goal was. So I feel like to say like, I've always worked for my dream is like missing the point kind of. I don't think that, is that what she said though? She said she, she didn't remember what she was, she didn't remember she was looking for a girl. Right. So like she has lost sight of her dream. But you keep saying that the implication is that she had been following her dreams until now, which I don't think is what the implication was. The- oh, no, no. I, what, what, I, what, my, what I'm saying is that she was following her dreams for a while. She'd lost sight of everything. And now she's coming back. And I feel like right. they implied that she had always been following her dreams. I don't think they implied that. Mm. Not the vibe I got. <laughs> and I have, other, I have other issues with like... Is, Please tell me. It felt like... Okay, so obviously being abused by my Otis Mon is really bad but i feel like she once it was revealed that she was the eighth digestion's child that takes up that takes away even more control from her she has literally no choice for what she can do with her life at that point all she can do is become the eighth child's digimon and support her um i guess i thought it was because like her lines or something like as soon as she finds out she's like i'm gonna protect you forever and it's like is that what you wanted to do up until that point like what if that's not what you wanted to do like what if you liked some of this life that you had and (laughs) like it isn't isn't Mm. being condemned to this isn't being condemned to like this is how you have to act like being a digidestin like you are chosen you have to do this like you have no choice and i guess that's a narrative that's in a lot of um like uh science fiction or fantasy about people that are chosen and it's kind of left out of this completely it's just like oh yeah we love doing this we're cool and i guess it's always focused on the kids too either way if there is anything and it's never about the digimon digimon is just like digimon just exists to serve their humans and i think it's weird to bring gatamon from like this one subservient uh, slave position to another even if it's like i'll you know put on roses and flowers and friendship and 
Yeah. No, I see that. I see that. I see that. At the same time, it doesn't bother me because then the digital world was not fleshed out enough for me to be like, I don't know what Digimon do when they're not attached. Yeah, that, that's true. Being evil. Yeah. So like, is it really more desirable to not be a Digidestin or an <laughs> evil Digimon? Like, I don't know. <laughs> doesn't really seem like it. So. Yeah, I see your point. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I mean, Kari was, Kari's a nice girl, apparently. Better than Myota's mom. <laughs> yep, yep, I, I would agree. She'll give Gatamon her food. Yeah, she was like, please eat my cat's food, probably. <laughs> She'll let her into the air conditioning. Yeah. I found, why was, the eye thing was really creepy and weird. Yeah. I, like, didn't get it. I, she's just supposed to have these pure eyes, I guess. But she doesn't. She kind of does. They're big. Yeah. I can say that seeing Ashley's topics, I listened to part of the Japanese, and it's in the it's in both versions at least. Mm. The okay. session with eyes. So I just maybe because I don't know. She's kind of a scary looking cat to me. It's like, <laughs> well, I always thought she was cute. Aren't you cool? <laughs> well, I think everyone is. cute. I think a lot of Digimon are cute. Like Gazimon, I think are cute. Huh. Yeah, I know. Cute. So I was going to say that it was foreshadowing, not foreshadowing, but like more along the lines of like Gachamon's eyes persist throughout Angemon or throughout Angelomon, and so it was like a thing that you know that's like this. They represent the pureness, or whatever. But Angelomon doesn't have eyes. Yeah. I was like, isn't it covered by the helmet? The helmet thing. That makes it even weirder. Like, yeah. Those angels are not pure. All right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> damn. <laughs> also, also looking at um, Nefertimon's eyes. Oh, they're just creepy. Creepy blank stone yeah. eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ew. <laughs> But Gatomon's eyes are more like, uh, you know, the good Digimon's eyes than, like, other evil Digimon's eyes. Her eyes change, don't they? Well, she has... Yeah, she can narrow them or she can open them wide. Yeah. She makes lots of facial expressions, is basically. Yeah. yeah. Happens. Normally, they are fairly large, but almond-shaped. So, like, ha- half... Not halfway. So, more like Patamons than Gazimons. My Otismon is just a creepy dude. Yeah, he is. He is. He is. Yeah, I don't know. I tried to think about this. Like, after seeing your topic about it, I tried to read into it when I watched those episodes, and I was like, I don't know. I guess I kind of see that it's like, it's this one sign that Midas could see that there was something up with Gatamon, that she wasn't evil, you know, that she had some bit of pureness to her. Some bit of pureness. It doesn't work like that, dude. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, it's... Her whole backstory was kind of strange. Yeah. It was also told very hurriedly. That whole episode was really weird. (laughs) It was told with her just talking to herself on the top of a building. Yeah. And then she was like, Wizard Mon, how can you... Why... How dare you read my thoughts? I was like, Gazman, your (laughs) lips were moving. (laughs) It was especially ridiculous when she like pulls out her, she like uncovers her hand and like, like it's like, I guess she could just be talking to herself, but still it's like, here audience, look at my hand. Right. <laughs> yeah. Where did you get those gloves? They are apparently Saber Leomon. Wait, actually, I don't know. Does she have the claws if she takes the gloves off? Well, we, ne- we never see her take the gloves all the way off. Because according to Digimon Wiki, they are Saber Leomon's gloves. Mm. Or it's Saber Leomon's claws or something. That's which, which I never thought about until I read that. And then whenever I saw her in the anime, I was like, Jesus, her claws, like her her, her gloves and her paws look so different. Mm. I I have issues with Gatama. Like, she just, 
she's shown as being so ruthless up until this last episode, and then is never shown as being ruthless again. A bit in this episode, a tiny bit when she's like being hostile towards Myota's mom, but aside from this, it's like never mentioned again that she was this ruthless killer. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's unclear if she was a killer, but she was definitely ruthless. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it just, her personality just completely swaps. Not completely ruthless. She right. was ruthless when the when needs must because she helped my uh, wizard Vaughn. I guess I guess I also find that contradictory. It's like it doesn't like the characterization we'd seen of her up until that point doesn't seem like the kind of person who would save Wizardmon. We've only seen her in combat situations or on missions. Yeah, she didn't kill Kari. But that was because she was like, "There's something up with this girl. I can't do it." But if she was truly ruthless, she would have been like, "I don't care that I fell off this couch. I'm gonna attack you again." <laughs> no, because it was like there was something about Kari in particular. It wasn't just like the fact she was a kid. But we don't see her attacking any other kids either. Yeah. yeah. Well, there'd be no. She's covert. But anyway, when she talks to Wizardman <laughs> in the past, it's like I can understand her being you know, like taking him in or whatever. But as I recall, she's like you know talks about how she's searching for someone and like you know she doesn't seem like the kind. She she doesn't seem like the same character that we've seen up until then when she's talking to him. Because we haven't seen her in her downtime. Does she really seem the kind of character who would go from that in her downtime to being like, yes, I will kill these people? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's that combined with the 180 their character takes after stop working after she stops working for my Otis Mon that is so just like and also there's a the problem that no one has any qualms with it like no one questions her at that point <laughs> yeah that's kind of dumb mm-hmm. I mean yes that whole episode is very bizarre in its abruptness of everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we haven't even heard Wizardmon talk before now and just suddenly a whole backstory <laughs> yeah there's like suddenly we're just gonna bombard you with this whole dark backstory and you're you're gonna be like oh my god these characters they're so tragic and then suddenly they're your friends and you're like i don't okay (laughs) that's yeah pretty much it that's pretty much happens yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) i like good gatomon better because she stops trying to do a fake sultry cat weird voice right please tell me that stops (laughs) i think so Uh... I I don't uh I think I think it is dialed down some. I think it's still there though. I just don't remember it being a thing. She doesn't have that fake fake haughty thing going on. I think this is going to be a quick topic. I just wanted to I mean this is the arc this is the arc where we get the episode where they explicitly refer to the adventure movie which is the first third of the movie that aired in the US. And I guess I, I just don't think we're gonna have a better time to talk about this in the like question I want to raise is which is a better viewing experience seeing the movie first and then seeing the seeing Digimon Adventure the movie and then seeing Adventure of the season or the way we saw it in the US which was to see uh, Adventure and I don't know like a fifth or a fourth of Adventure Zero Two and then see the movie um, and I don't know I guess I find it I, I kind of like how it was in the in the US you know having this like thing that's not fully explained but doesn't actually need to be like I mean it's everything you need to know is explained in the context of adventure and then you know once you've later on you're like oh now we get that like now there's a reason to go see this movie because it's this cool backstory we've heard about before i feel like the movie would sell you more on watching the anime because it is better in terms of animation more exciting i i would also see the the movie first just because then it's easier to understand exactly what happened in in heightened view terrace but i mean it's is it, is it that crucial like i feel like there's when you see it in chronological order it um doesn't have any mystery it's just like you know, like the kids are talking about like it's a mystery and they're trying to put, piece it back together but as the viewer you're like yeah we know what happened like guys get over it like this is what happened and i feel like as viewers in the u.s it was more interesting because it was like they were figuring this out and we were also like oh what's going on like what happened 
I don't know. I feel like knowing the dramatic irony of knowing already is fine with me. Mm. I think Digimon is not a show that you enjoy for the dramatic irony. <laughs> it is when you're 24 and a half. <laughs> I mean, have we enjoyed that? That's what this whole arc has been, right? Of the kids finding out about about Kari and we haven't enjoyed that part of it. I thought it was kind of funny in this arc. Pretty funny. Because Ty almost figures were. it out. Right, like, Ty actually like, does figure it out and then he convinces himself he's wrong. Yeah, yeah he's like, wait, is it Kari? Nah. Nah. <laughs> What a crazy thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of liked that reversal there. You know? It's just it's just so, it, it is funny because it's just so blatantly obvious. And the fact that they make it into a big deal is like just completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It would have been funny if they like, you know, knew the crest was the name, the crest of light. And, you know, we're like, that's your name, Kari. And then she'd be like, or, I don't know, it makes something about like, that would be ridiculous. That can't be what, that can't be it. And <laughs> that would be too much actual funny for Digimon to accomplish. Yeah, it also wouldn't make sense in English because it's like, Kari means light. What? Sure. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, our names mean things. Yeah. I guess so. If you go on babynames.com, you can go look up. I don't know what Jeffrey means, but... It means like peace, peace bringer or something. <laughs> <laughs> I like that I laughed at because it says uh, Jeffrey is peace of a stranger. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Asher is blessed, happy. <laughs> I think mine is just, yeah, from the ash tree field. Boy, so I actually thought I didn't think this was possible, but like, but this arc was the most subtle with gender, maybe at some times, but it was also the most horrible <laughs> for everything we've watched so far. Agreed. Especially the highlight for me is definitely the hi- uh, the hitchhiking incident. Yes. Where they make him Sora's cousin. Yeah, okay. Clearly, clearly not. Clearly not. It was definitely originally a random dude who picked up two 11-year-old girls. Yes. And then, no, the worst part of it for me was, I'm going to have to hate on Mimi because it's bad. But then after he stops, they're both like, yay, a ride. And then Mimi says, girl power. And I'm like, no, that is not the type of power girls should want. It is It is the type of power girls are allowed. I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I want to reframe the discussion a little bit in that I think, yes, the original Japanese is very problematic in that regard. But I think the dub does a really good job of, you know, like, making it less problematic. But even as a kid, I watched that and I felt so weird about it. Really? Yeah, it was really yeah. upsetting. It was, yeah. like, really... Even if you don't pick up on the gender undertones, it's just, like, really weird and off-putting. Because, yeah, the guy is such a smarmy... Uh, yeah, but I, I got the impression he was like you know like in the dub. Like, I got the impression that he was this like you know and they, they even refer that he's like the whatever the black sheep of the, the black sheep. Yeah, but that doesn't give him the right to like creep on the girls. But I, the impression I got was that he disliked kids and was doing this for his cousin. And you know, I mean, there are lots of situations that are obviously in the Japanese. Not in the Japanese are clearly you know he is upset, upset by the guys. But how did you get that vibe when he's like he talks to the guys and is like, "You all shut up," and then immediately afterwards he 
offers Mimi and Sora like gum or something. Does he offer Mimi yeah. gum? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he does. I don't remember that. He does, and um, he also like only kind of talks to Sora, and that's a really awkward position to put Sora in because like it makes her responsible for her friends to this yeah. guy who is older and stronger and pushes <laughs> Izzy off a bridge. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I mean, like that's you know, like as a if that were if this were an actual cousin relationship, that's not okay. Yes, k- k- pushing them off a bridge is ridiculous, but like <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like given what they had in their plate, the dub did a very good job of deflecting most of it. Yeah, it's still there though. Right, it, I think it's still subtly there, especially like how he treats Mimi differently than the rest of them. Yeah, um, it's also. I mean, it's also like. You can kind of see holes through the whole cousin thing in that Mimi sits in the front seat, even though Sora is the cousin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like you can see holes through it, and you can see how even if he's treating Sora as a cousin, that's why he's giving them a lift. And that's why he, like, you can still see that he's treating the girls better than the guys. And that's still subtle, but I feel like it's so much better than the overt creepiness, skeeviness of him being interested in these 11-year-old girls, and that's why he's driving them and, like, wants to get rid of the guys and stuff. Like, that's, like, super weird. And I'm I'm glad they got rid of most of that. I have problems, though, with, like, when things are overt, it's, like, everybody's in on the game. But when you make things subtle... Yeah. Then everybody doesn't realize it, and then... It's still as problematic, but you don't get it. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's not it's not like we're show, it's not like they're showing this guy and then being like here's an, here's an, a model to live up to. They're showing this guy and they're being like he's a creep, he's a weirdo. We've used him and gotten what we want out of him. Like yeah, but it's still it's. They, they, they make fun of him, and I don't feel like it's ever portrayed in a way that's like... I guess, okay, it has the problem of making it seem more okay to see representations of people like this in your media. I don't know. Also, by cutting uh, the the part where Matt gets a female driver to stop for him... Yeah. ...makes this the only successful hitchhiking attempt by the kids. Yeah. And it it makes it, like, you know, only women are objectified. Yeah. Although we don't, we 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 don't want Matt to be objectified either. We don't want any eleven-year-olds to be objectified. We don't want any people to be objectified. We don't want any Digimon to be objectified. <laughs> we don't want any Digimon to objectify people. <laughs> yeah, but I, th- I think it's worth looking at impressions as a kid. And my impression as a kid, you know, like I didn't notice every detail. Instead, what I got from it was the stuff that they hammered in. Um, the stuff like, yeah, you know, I didn't remember exactly how they uh, pulled over the car. I remembered that they met her cousin, you know, and I don't know. It's the same things that with regards to uh, uh, Pumpkinmon and Gatsumon in the dungeon, I feel like the dub did a really bad job of covering that up because <laughs> the things that you remember are the fact that they disappear. That like, I forget what it is. Like they're at, like, there are, there are pieces of their Digimon that, that like fade away or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like you still have the imagery of them disappearing and then the sad imagery of them being gone. And I feel like that's what lingers with you instead of the like Matt saying they went to a dungeon or whatever. <laughs> And I feel like like the the verse is true here that like the stuff you take away is the not so bad stuff maybe. I don't know. I mean, what I remember from this is that the girls got the car to stop. Mm, okay. Then yeah. And I, it's also I think troubling that the dub worked harder to cover up the creepy the creepy vibes here than they did with death. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and I I don't know what to take from that because on the one hand, yeah, I'm glad they tried to make it so that it's not you know a creepy dude picking up two elementary school girls. Um, but at the same time, it sort of erases the problem, makes it invisible because mm. it it did make me uncomfortable as a kid. Yeah, and I can never place why. <laughs> 
Hmm. This is everything about it is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's an interesting perspective because, like, you know, my impression was like, it's obviously their cousin. Like, I was not creeped out by it, but. Like, I believed he was her cousin, but it still creeped me out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is that, like, I wasn't creeped out, but my interpretation and impression is not the impression that matters. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people don't get that. <laughs> right, like, it's, it's hard to accept that, like, the thing that you see is different than the thing other people see, and that, yeah. It's like, they can co- they coexist. Yeah. But that doesn't make one more important or less important than the other. I think I could argue that certain things are more important than other things, but it's so much, so often thought of as a binary. Like, this, or, like, this one is true and this one's not true. That only one could be true. Right. And they can definitely all coexist. They can both be true. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's not just both. It's more than two. All of the things can be true. <laughs> uh, all right. Next incident of horribleness is... Should you really be saying horrible? Like, it's bad. I feel like it's specifically saying horribleness is, like, like, very aggressive. I think that is just Ashley's speech pattern. <laughs> we could also be, like, it's okay to be aggressive about these things. I just wonder, like, calling these things horribleness undercuts other things that are much worse. Like what, Game of Thrones? <laughs> like... <laughs> Isn't this exactly? Isn't this exactly what you argued against last time? Yeah. Uh, no, because I feel like there's a difference between. I feel like what that pushback that I was talking about with other people was that they shouldn't talk about it at all. What I'm saying is we should definitely talk about it, but we shouldn't hype up things as we shouldn't use superlatives to say that things are the worst thing. When we should leave room for their thing being things that are worse. Horribleness does not imply most horrible. No. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with Ashley. This means horrible. <laughs> Which it is. So. I mean, yeah, I'm saying it's 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 a level above bad. Okay. Bad is just not a cool word. All right. Well, I was annoyed with the insistence on referring to the un- unknown eighth digidestined as he. And I get that it's supposed to be misdirection in that it ends up being a girl. Oh, my God. Yay. But, like, oh, why would... Uh, <laughs> Like, it would be totally plausible for them to think that it is also, it could be a girl, so Mm -hmm. for them to just change it to he, or maybe is it that way in the Japanese, too? Like, it's probably still a stupid misdirection thing (laughs) there. Well, actually, they probably don't use gender at all to refer to the eighth child Japanese. Probably just say eighth child. Yeah. So I I think one of the first times I noticed this was very early on. I think it was actually the end of last arc. Um, Ty says he or she. And I remember noting, because I was like, this is really weird. I did not believe that in character Ty would actually say he or she here. I do remember that happening. Yeah, and then Mimi was like, I hope it's a girl. I don't think the girls have... I don't think the girls have actually ever referred to the 8th Digidestin, does he? Hmm. Have they ever referred to the 8th Digidestin? Do they just say the 8th Digidestin? I don't, I don't actually know. I think they, they don't. They don't talk. 8th kid. Yeah. <laughs> the girls just don't have lines. Um, yeah. <laughs> unless it's about shopping. But, um, and air conditioning. Yeah. I mean, Ty's the one who says the most about the 8th Digidestin, followed by, I think, Izzy. And yeah, Ty throughout this arc has aggressively used he. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like there are there are ways to subvert the audience's expectation and teach them to not fall into the default narrative and assumptions of gender. And 
that the pronoun usage in this is not that way. You know, I think that the reveal that it's a girl does more to mitigate that than if they had arbitrarily been like, we're going to say he or she every time, or if they'd said she half the time or something. Why can't you just say they? Okay, that's true. Them. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I know that people think that's incorrect grammar, but, like, really. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, but I still, yeah, I mean, I still think it makes sense for Ty in character to say he. It makes more sense for, like, if it's a character thing, I guess I'll accept that. But for all of them to do it is, like, really? Yeah. And even when, and I mean, your personality fluctuates based on who you're with. So if Ty was talking to, like, Sora or Mimi and kept saying he, I think it would be within a realm of a character to be like, or she, because I'm talking to exactly. girls. Like, that's a thing that happens. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even even Andrew noticed the um, he thing here, and he was like, you should mention that in the podcast. And I was like, yeah, it's really grossly blatant. Yeah. Like, I, th- I feel like Ty... Ty's voice actor was purposely emphasizing the word. Oh, I felt that too, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just the overemphasis that yeah. really got me eventually. Ugh. I wonder if it also wouldn't, if I believed things the characters were saying and didn't, and I thought it was Kari, but then was like, but Ty keeps saying he, it has to be someone else, it has to be someone cooler or like new wow. that I haven't seen. Okay, sorry. Okay, sorry. Okay, don't mean cool. I mean, and that like we've already, you've already been introduced to Kari. <laughs> And I remember as a kid before I knew it was Kari, it was like, who's this eighth person? Like, who's and when they find out this eighth character, he was like totally new and we haven't seen before. And so they reveal that it's actually someone we have seen before. I feel like it could be disappointing. Were you disappointed? As a kid or now? <laughs> as a kid. I don't think I was because I knew it was her. Okay. But I don't know. I, I don't know how much I have to say about this pronoun things. I think it's, there's no clear answer to anything. There's a clear answer to me. You should say they. <laughs> I once again agree with Ashley. I, I totally agree, and that's how we should act. Okay, I think there are ways to make your characters better that could acknowledge in certain instances that they could be female. Yeah, and I think I just realized as I was saying that, I was saying that this is how we should act. And, you know, in order to get people to say things, you need, like, their role models in media need to say things too. So Exactly. Yeah. That's why it's problematic. <laughs> I, I was thinking that, like, the way to get people to say they instead of he is to have more women shown, but also a way to do that is to have people say they and to pick up on the speech from that. More people... More people say they when they don't know a person than say he anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's why um, teachers have to teach kids to say, to write he or she instead of they in their essays, because it's still considered wrong grammatically, even though it's really not. Mm. <laughs> Grammar. <laughs> not so great gender instance number three. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, don't don't head yourself and now call it not so great. Just because I can <laughs> It's I this one is minor and maybe just in my head, but like No, it's not. It's not in your head. Yeah, no. It's not, okay. The first girl that my Otisman sucks the blood of, there's a shot that is very definitively like She's she totally him. wants him and is like gonna kiss him. Oh, it's not just a shot, it's the music too. Oh, good. <laughs> the music plays it's like oh like she's here romantic. Ew. Nice. And then, you know, she ends up being on the ground 
with a lot less blood inside of her because he sucks her blood. And I'm like, why did you make this some weird consensual situation where... No, this is a very, very common thing in... Um, ah, vampires! It's not, it's not just vampires. It is very common in vampire fiction, but it's also just, like, the idea that women want it. Right. Whatever it happens to be. <laughs> their, their lips say no, but their body says yes. Yes. <laughs> Blurred lines. <laughs> well, for this, for this, I think they both said yes. What? Ugh. I think in this, both lips and body said yes. Yeah. She didn't. She didn't say anything. <laughs> oh, you meant like I meant like lips, like physically, your lips moved, not like the words. I mean, she she went to kiss him. Jeff, you need to learn phrases. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, I totally read this as just like. This is, it seemed like a common thing in vampire fiction. It is a common thing in vampire fiction to put someone under your thrall. But, like, that is also just, like, an extension of the idea that, you know. Yeah. Right, I think, yeah, it's problematic at the source. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, are we going to, we're finally going to get to Izzy's episode? Oh, my God, Izzy's episode. Oh, my God. So, let's complain about Tentomon some more. Just because I got so angry at him. I love Tentomon, but I was like, Tentomon, no. No. (laughs) Bad Tentomon. It's also another weird angle to look at it is that Tentomon's voice Mm -hmm. is Jeff Nimoy. So, he is the voice of the dog, kind of, Mm -hmm. in a way. And he made the choice to put that in there. Did you did you happen to watch this episode <laughs> in Japanese, Jeff? No. I'm all I'm pretty I'd put money on the fact that Tentamon probably didn't say that in Japanese. He said it twice too, didn't he? He did say mm-hmm. it twice. Yes. Okay, let's talk about um what it means to be a man. Yeah, I felt like there were weird I uh, again it was very subtle, but I felt like there were very there were instances where it was like being a man. See, we always talk about gender in terms of women's portrayals, but yeah. Digimon is not so good at portraying what it means to be a man either, so we just put that out there. No, it's not. Being a man means going off by yourself and fighting a Digimon by yourself and almost losing and dying, apparently. And being tough and a leader. I appreciated when Matt cried. Boys are allowed to cry. That's I good. loved when Matt cried. Crying Matt was the best thing about this arc. <laughs> That's my favorite thing of this arc. I'm just excited. <laughs> Matt <cries> a lot. <laughs> what else did I like? It was another gender moment I liked. I it was still. Mm, I liked that Sora gave up her seat on the train, yeah. and none of the guys did. Screw chivalry. Yeah. <laughs> on the other hand, like, why did Sora have to be the one to do it? You know. I know that's also a problem. See, it's yeah. well, you, you can't say you can't have both ways. You can't say I'm glad guys didn't do it, and why didn't the guys do it? I know. Well, no. We can have it both ways. No, No. well, I can have it both ways in this instance because I feel like she did it because she's the caregiver one. Yeah. And we have problems with that, so it extends from that. Yeah. But as girl who gave up seat over guys, I'm okay with that. Yeah. (laughs) You can have it both ways if the guys offered to give up the seat for Sora. Like, Sora stood up and the guys were like, you want my seat, Sora? And she was like, screw you, I don't need it. No, that's actually creepy. Yeah, that's weird. Then, Mm. Then it's like... You know, treating the girls unequally. Right, but I was, yeah, I was gonna say, but then she could, like, you know, say, I don't need it. But, but then they yeah. still did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what should have happened is Joe should have gotten up as the oldest. <laughs> and the That's most true. responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not very responsible. Mm-mm. Let that lady stand there with a baby. Mm-hmm. But his, his allergies. Is he allergic to babies? Yeah, what? He's allergic to train, I don't know. <laughs> he probably is allergic to babies. 
But yes, so I manliness is a problem in this too. Totally. <laughs> Can we reframe what we're talking about? Because I, I don't remember. You're talking about when Izzy goes off on his own. He talks about how he needs to do this as a man, right? No, no. His mom talks about his mom. Yeah, his mom talks about what? it as him like growing up and being becoming a man was one of her phrases. Not not his going off, but his like yeah not being in his room when she checked. Really? Yeah, and she's like, oh, yeah. And there's something that she says about becoming a better man, and it was very specifically like she said the word man instead of yeah. person, yeah. which bothered me. <laughs> I also thought it was interesting when. Um, oops, I said interesting. I've said it a lot. Yeah, you did. Yeah, Ashley, you said it too. Ashley, you're not immune. <laughs> when? What? I'll find it. You'll see. It was a while ago. It was like soon after you said you would never say it. It was um, so when she found the door closed and she was discussing it with uh, her husband. He said he is getting older, and my first thought was that's super weird. Yeah. No, that that was me too. I thought well, that too. <laughs> I, I guess if we all thought it, I don't need to say it. <laughs> Please don't say it. Uh, <laughs> Let's all agree we all thought about something at the same time, same moment. Yeah. And it was slightly dirty. So. He is at that age. Oh, there we go. <laughs> That was wasn't that what they said? Like he's at that age. <laughs> Let's not talk it about something it. Something like that. It was- <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything else to add. These are my yeah. most egregious tender points. <laughs> Can we, like, just have a clip of Matt crying? Like, a, vid- a video clip. No. Does he make lots of noise about it? No, he doesn't make any noise about it. But he, it's just, I just want a video loop of Matt crying. <laughs> I, I can make a GIF. Yeah, that'd be fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Next episode, I'll try harder to find more manliness. Doesn't have to be this way. Examples. I mean, there have been plenty over the past few arcs, like Joe jumping on Unimon. I can't think of any because I'm falling asleep in my chair, but... <laughs> we'll try harder for you, audience. <laughs> no, we won't. Well, Ashley I will. will. Ashley will try <laughs> I make no promises to you, audience. Uh, I don't know if we have many unanswered questions. This, this arc did see. a lot of answering questions. Um... I had a couple. Why does Modusman talk through a Batman sigil? Like he, he has a he's a little bat, and it's totally Batman. It's totally like the Batman logo. He's a bat. I know. I'm just saying it's Batman. I'm just saying he is Batman. We should have a Batman Digimon. That'd be cool. Batmon. Yeah. I don't think there is one. I mean, there's there's Pippismon. That's it. Pippismon. Okay. It's, it's a bat. It probably okay. evolves into Modusman. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I had like silly questions. It was how did they get that video shot of Raremon on the news? If the news in the last episode, the newscast was like, "We didn't get here in time to see the Digimon or the monster." Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was CCTV. <laughs> I had a similar. I don't. Um, like, why does everyone in Tokyo think the giant monster movies are made with actual giant monsters? <laughs> <laughs> that is an excellent question. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> and why is Koromon slash Agumon the only Digimon that poops? That's not true. He, Demi Demi he poops. Uh, yeah. He, he, he wants to poop on demand, but he can't. <laughs> Nannymon poops on Demi Demimon. That was that was super weird. Yeah. Last, last episode, he totally did. While running away, just like here's my poop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but why? Okay, but Agumon slash Koromon is the only one that's like I have to worry about my poop. You know, like it comes yeah, up as like. I think it's- I think it's because Koromon is the actual, um... Like the V-pet? Yeah. I can't take this conversation seriously. 
I can take every conversation seriously. Uh, I, I posted, I don't know if Ashley saw, but in on the Reddit thread for the Home Away From Home episode, I pasted a picture of our notes that just say, for the next episode, for the last I one. I saw it. Yeah. I did see poop, it. Poop, poop. Yeah. Oh, I want. I have a question. Why is Agumon's aim so bad that okay. he attacked what? Kari instead of Gatamon? I was, was, that, was that on purpose? Are you testing her? <laughs> So no, wait, stupid. Didn't Kari move in front of Gatamon and then Gatamon pushed her out of the way? Is that what so. happened? I didn't see that. I think I rewatched that to like clarify it. I didn't. I think oh. that's the impression I got, but I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Why does Skull Maramon look nothing like a skull or a Maramon? He's on fire. He's not yeah. a Maramon though. He's like on blue fire, and he's like a dude. You know, like Maramon's like made of fire. Well, Palmon doesn't look anything like Togemon. Like Mar- Skull Marimon is like you know, like he's like is a, a dude without a shirt on that is awesome that is on fire. I don't know. He kind of still looks like Marimon to me. Gold Greymon doesn't look anything like Greymon. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you guys catch up on or did you guys catch the um the weird thing with the dub and the crests at the end the end of the last episode? Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, oh, when Myerspawn crushes the the real one, quote unquote, original, yeah, one. yeah, oh, no. yeah, I thought he was just lying, yeah, I think so too. I think, I think he was just like, this is the real one, psych, not <laughs> you have no idea where it is, <laughs> but then, then why lie? Like, why, why say it's a real one and then be like, oh, I destroyed it? Like, I guess to make them think there was no real one, I guess, I guess he only wanted no, because I was thinking like he only wanted the crest so he could find the child, so he didn't actually need the real one, but that was true from the start. Why didn't he just get rid of it from the start? He didn't want the child to actually use it. It, right? Well, so. I think there's yeah, he didn't want the child to use it, but there's probably a purpose in the crests. Like there's a power in the crest that an ambitious Digimon would not just throw. Right, away. like like Datamon wanted to use it with his Sora copy. Okay, ridiculous dialogue draft time. Where we go around and pick our top three funniest, most ridiculous, or most touching lines from the episodes. Maybe this time we will for real pick a winner, but probably not because Ash is super tired. <laughs> Are we supposed to pick a winner? Is that a thing? I thought that was... Isn't that the point of a draft? You don't know no, what a draft is. Yeah, the point is that Jeff doesn't know what a draft is, so it's fine. <laughs> We're picking our teams. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have to pick which one I really love now. Even after I eliminated the two that I gave Ash. <laughs> uh, okay. I guess from episode 33, the Gatsuman, uh Pumpkinmon episode... Um, so Gatsuman says, they run into a girl. Gatsuman says, Whoa, I think you knocked over a monster! Pumpkinmon says, Even worse, I think I knocked over a teenager! (laughs) It was glorious. (laughs) One of those instances I appreciated the ridiculousness of this arc being in the real world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Alright. My turn. Um... This is from episode 29, and the bus driver goes... Let's see, first we take the freeway to the parkway to the throughway, and... Oh, that's the wrong way. What? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I, I totally missed that. Episode 29, you can just quote anything from episode 29. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Okay, I have a quote from episode 29, then. Um, <laughs> okay, good. So it's when Mammothon is raging around, and mm. there's a random person. I don't know if they're in a car or not, but they say... If that's a car, it's got an awful lot of trunk space. I actually wrote oh that one god, down. Oh my god, yes. I wrote that one down. I had more things written down than I thought. <laughs> I did write that one down. I didn't put it up here. That one was so funny. Oh, it was ew. really funny. Well, like, in a terrible right, it's funny because it's like, so I can't bad. I like... can't believe you actually went and wrote that down and made someone say it. 
<laughs> and someone recorded it. Like someone was paid. Someone made money. You know, like took home money, paid your family with the money that was earned by saying that line. Yep. All right, I got to stick with episode 29. So this is when they're on the bus going to Heightened View Terrace. Somehow that happened. And their teacher says, Is that the latest toy all you kids are into? And Joe says, No, it's just one of the old ones that we all hate. <laughs> I I remember that line. I didn't write it down, but I remember that line for at least a year. It's a great line. <laughs> oh, I love that line. I love Joe. I didn't say that this episode. But it's- <laughs> Joe gets so excluded this arc. He's like, he left out I know. when they get know. food. and then yeah. Well, he'll get his chance to shine next arc. <sighs> So this one is from episode 32. It's from my favorite villain because he's the most serious villain ever, guys. Like, (laughs) everything he does is just evil to the max. And he says, Ah, darkness. The perfect cloak for my evil. And he says it completely seriously. This guy is a gem. I, what would we do without Myotis Mon to, to bring up the, 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 the serious factor of this show? <laughs> so I have another Myotis Mon quote. It's from episode 33, the one with uh, Pumpkinmon and Gatsumon. And Myotis Mon catches them. They're eating ice cream. And he's like, Instead of causing pain and suffering, I find you here eating ice cream. And they both say at the same time, Well, it is, don't <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually found that one genuinely funny. You know, yeah. not ridiculous. Here. I'll find, I'll say one that I also thought was genuinely funny. From episode 32, when they're meeting up in the park, and Kai says, All right, listen up, everybody. I called you all here today because, well, uh, there was nothing good on TV. <laughs> and I'm like, it's funny because it's ridiculous, but he could also genuinely mean all the news on TV is really bad, so we have to do something about it. <laughs> Oh. Wow. Right? It actually has a wow. double meaning. See? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I think we should retire. I think this is the height <laughs> of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> or the lowest part. So this this is one that Ashley gave me. Thank you, Ashley. I was not, yeah. I was not on top of my game <laughs> this, this arc. <laughs> I gotta get, 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 get my head in the game, you know? So, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know what episode this is from. Ashley, what episode is this one from? Uh, Well, I'll say it. I'll say it. So, Myotismon says, The one that you have is a copy, too. And Gatamon's like, So, I'm a copycat? And just the way she delivers that line is like, okay. I know. You made a lot of cat jokes. She did. She did. It was was very grating. (laughs) I I guess that's from episode 34. No. I don't think so. Yeah, 34 is the last time we watched, but I think it's before that. I think it's like near the beginning. Because yeah. he's introducing why they're copy of press or something. Oh. Oh yeah, that would make sense. Let me see. Uh it's from it's from twenty nine actually. Okay. So that's from episode twenty nine. <laughs> <laughs> okay so mine is from uh pumpkin mon while they are they force tk and matt to change to like try on clothes and so pumpkin mon like you know, like i forget what, if it's tk or matt but they have them on display and they're and pumpkin mon's like here's sporty look of course i haven't figured out what sport it is yet <laughs> yeah sports you just don't like sports I like it's not sports. making fun of sports it's I don't know what's making fun of. It's making fun of people who don't know sports. So it's making fun of you, Jeff. You can find the show notes for this episode at podigis.com slash seven, 
We've put links and images to everything we discuss in depth, so you should definitely check it out. We're at PyDigits on Twitter, and I'm at Jeff and Lee Jeff, that I don't tweet about Digimon much. You can send us feedback about the show at PyDigits at gmail.com. If you found us on the web and are listening on the site, you should subscribe to the show on iTunes or on any podcast app. If you like the podcast, which you hopefully do if you've listened this far, we'd really appreciate it if you take a minute to leave us a review on iTunes so that other people can find the show. In two weeks, we'll be back covering episodes 35 through 39, where Gatumon judges Japan's first Miss Digidestined pageant. Bye. Bye. See you on the flip side. But, I mean, there's a lot of cross-posting. It's not entirely elitist. I think you mean fusion posting in the dub? Yes. In the dub of my life, I meant fusion (laughs) posting. You are the dub of my life. (laughs) Wow. That sounds terrible, actually. Don't, 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 don't use that as a pickup line, boys and girls. <laughs> it's, it's really bad insult. You're the Jeff Nimoy dev of my life. Okay, that was mean towards Jeff Nimoy. Actually, I, I, that would, that would get me. <laughs> I would find that incredibly charming. New topic discussion. Is saying you are the Jeff Nimoy dev of my life an insult or a compliment? <laughs> How likely are you to date that person? <laughs> Super likely. <laughs> Take me now. <laughs> New OK Cucumid questions. Oh no. my god. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think you mean OK Cupidmon? Should it go after Gatamon, Wizardmon, or after friendship? I think it should go after I really Gatamon, don't know. It should okay. go after your mom. Oh. I almost called them a readership. That's not what you guys are. No. I, I call them listeners. Or no, I call them, I call them viewers. And I'm like, it's not, they're not viewing anything. <laughs> yeah, you're not viewing anything. Well, hopefully not. Unless they like have installed security cameras somewhere. Oh, that's unfortunate because. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <Well, that's not laughs> I'm Gatsuma. I can't do it. Of course you can't do it. <laughs> I don't know why I tried. I don't know why I tried. <laughs> I mean, she keeps up some of the cat voice but it's not Look at her gourmet as... food i don't know it's really weird what? i don't like it. <laughs> gender time gender time oh god you guys doing the same tune no i don't know it harmonized interestingly really yeah mm. yeah i get angry about grammar purists jeff <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> i i don't consider myself such oh really <laughs> Jeff, I read your Twitter sometimes. <laughs> I, no, uh, there are people who are like, you cannot use literally hyperbolically. I'm like, shut up. You don't know, understand how using a word hyperbolically works. Like, it's always contrary to the meaning. Like, you said, if you say, I ate a cow for dinner last night, you're being hyperbolic. It doesn't mean you actually ate a cow. Like, the fact that you're saying the word literally or not doesn't affect that. Ugh. Like, it's not like you say, I ate a cow last night, that you're like redefining the word cow to mean not a cow. <laughs> I like to do this angry rant. Nice. I think in a post Twilight world, this imagery of like, instead of postmodernism, it's yeah. Oh my god, that's awful. Anyway, I don't want to think about that. My oldest man, he's not a very sexy dude. He's not. I do not want him. He's ugly. He's weird. His chest is all like big and. <laughs> bulky and then his, his stomach is really well i mean that, he has clamp proportions <laughs> no they're even worse than clamps. i'm not sure about that he looks mm. he's so tall I mean, his face is ugly so that's 
another thing he's got. Well, at least Tentoman doesn't sexualize your mom, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where we went there. How we got there. That was my transition back into Digimon. <laughs> Do I have to say bye? Yeah. It doesn't have to be the right time. I'm going to edit in, but you have to say bye. Uh, I have to? What if you I already said the word bye. bye. <laughs> Just like... Please keep this in. <laughs> See you on the flip side. There you go.